Here's my hope. Here's my hope. Can I tell you my hope tonight? I'm not going to do an altar call tonight because tonight's message is for everybody in the room. I'm speaking tonight about God's people, the Israelites. We're jumping into the Old Testament, the book of 1 Samuel, right? It's a prophetic book. And I don't want to jump into it too early, but can I tell you my hope tonight is that God really tugs on your heart. Not, not to religion, but to relationship. Not, not to jump through all these religious hoops, but to actually make a heart decision to say, Lord, I'm going to love you and serve you for the rest of my life. I'm not Tonight, I'm not going to do an altar call. I'm not going to do it. What I'm going to do is, at the end tonight, we're going to make a covenant with God. Amen? We're going to make a covenant. Lord, I promise to stay in your house. I promise to stay committed. I promise to love you with everything I've got. I want you to write down the title of tonight's talk. I want you to see, yell, it out, let, yell it out loud while you write it on the count of three. Ready? Here's the title. Come on, let's put it up. God invites us into more. Somebody write it down. God invites us into more. There's an S missing. But God invites us to more. He, he, he begs us. Like, I, I, want, I want you to see an image. That God, 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 is, God is looking at you, and he's, he's in your future as well as in your past he's the alpha and omega and you're going through this thing called life and god is edging you on i mean he, he's like come move into more right and, and sometimes in our walk we stumble and we fall how many of you guys seen infinity war if we didn't see it i'm going to spoil it i'm going to spoil it if you didn't see it can i tell you my experience with infinity war the avengers movie i i, I was literally in the movie theaters and it was a great movie up until the last five minutes, right? It was an Aussie to the last five minutes. I remember being there, and I saw, you know, the Spider-Man scene, and I'm fighting tears. Here's what's crazy. The family right behind me, they have all, like, Spider-Man gear. Mom, dad, three kids. I mean, they're all like, what? <sighs> You're the kid like, no, Spider-Man! Right? And you think, after that scene, I'm, I'm spoiling it. After that scene, something in you is like, how are they going to come back from this? And then it ends. <laughs> it's like, boom. <laughs> I remember the, 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 the mom stood up. She said, I, I want to get my money back. Son, it's going to be okay. There's a part two coming out next year. Like, Why is he? Why? And I remember I was, I was kind of mad. Anybody else was mad after that movie? I was just like, oh, my God. And then I stood out to the credits, and it didn't get better. I was like, okay. <laughs> right? It's like, that was it. <laughs> I had expectations of how the story was going to end, and it kind of didn't match up. And, and it kind of discouraged me. It's discouraged the family, definitely. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? You have been painted a picture of Christianity. Some of us have been programmed to think, that when you say yes to Jesus, it's all dandelions and mountaintops. That there's no valleys. That there's no, there's, no, there's no failure. There's no fall. We've been painting this picture saying, wait, I, I've said yes to Jesus. How come my bank account isn't bigger? I said yes to Jesus. How come all my relationships aren't better? I said yes to Jesus. How come this isn't happening and that isn't happening? Can I tell you tonight, God is not your fairly godparent waiting for your requests. God does not want to be used by you. He wants you to see him as worthy of everything you have, everything you own, everything you are. He begs for you to jump into his more. But we've been painting a Sunday school picture, right? We've been painting a Sunday school picture. If everything's wrong, say yes to Jesus and everything will be right. But that's not true. How many times have Christians asked for their money back? 
How many, like the, like the family, how many people, how many Christians jumped in and said, wait a minute, this isn't happening like I thought it was. God, can I have my money back? How many times have people believed for more and received less? Listen to me. Sometimes God allows things to happen to bring you to a place where this is your mentality. This is your heart. He, he allows things to happen. He doesn't cause things to happen, right? God doesn't cause the ma massacres in our world. God doesn't cause the earthquakes that kill people. God doesn't cause all these things. But, but God allows these things to happen, right, so that you and me can get to a place where we understand that he is all we need, that he is all we want, that he is all we ask for. If he gives me what I want, if he doesn't, I love him no matter what. Here's my point tonight, my only point tonight. In the good and in the bad, I decide to love you and serve you. Man, I hope that's your prayer tonight. I hope tonight you leave this place saying, Lord, in the good and in the bad, I decide to love and serve you. Amen? Let me talk to you about a new covenant. There's a new covenant. Luke 22, verse 20. It's a New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's one of the first four gospels of the New Testament. Book of Luke, this is what it says. In the same way after the supper, this is Jesus talking. He says, listen, this cup is the new, somebody say new covenant. Come on, say, somebody say new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. In other words, there's an old covenant and there's a new covenant. There's an old way of doing it and there's a new way of doing it, right? There's an old system of how sins were forgiven and there's a new system, right? Everything flows through Jesus. If you have sin in your life, if you're walking in addiction, if you're walking literally in a pathway to hell, just one decision to receive Jesus, just one moment can change your life, just one step into Jesus' direction and your life is forever changed. That's the new covenant, right? This is the new covenant in my blood. I died for you, right? This is reckless love. Andrew, you were right online with tonight, right? He loves you. You turn your back on him, he loves you. You fail him, he still loves you. You walk away, he's chasing after you. This is the new covenant in my blood that was poured out for you. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus bled for you so that the old system would be gone and the new system will come. All those who confess and believe in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. I love the word covenant. Here's the definition. Covenant is an agreement or a commitment. Man, tonight, can we make an agreement and a commitment to love God no matter the season, no matter the weather outside, no matter how my bank looks? I'm going to make a commitment. Watch this. Not based off my feelings, but off my faith. Man, imagine if we lived our Christian lives only being led by our feelings. Imagine if you went, imagine if you lived life only on your feelings, Like, right? Like, I don't feel like waking up today you you if you lived by your feelings some of you guys wouldn't even be here tonight somebody had to drag you to church tonight like if it was up to you you wouldn't even been here tonight right because if you live by your feelings you'd always be dark you'll always be secluded you'll always be isolated and we take that mentality and we bring it into the church right so we say God I love you I receive you but I'm gonna still live on my feelings I'm still gonna serve by my feelings I'm gonna come to church when I feel like it I'm gonna worship when I feel like it I'm gonna give when I feel like it but man can I tell you we're not living based off our feelings we're living based off our faith we're living based off a decision that we made a covenant we made Lord no matter the season I'm gonna worship you no matter what goes on in my life? I'm gonna make a covenant. I'm gonna, it's a danger. There's a danger in being led by your feelings. Listen, Christians that, that are led by their feelings and not their faith, they don't stick around too long. 
Christians that are led by their feelings and not their faith, they don't get involved in the church. They don't submit themselves into the church. Listen, watch this. Let's go a step deeper. Christians that live on their feelings and not on their faith, they don't trust and hope and worship God. They use God. Christians that live on their feelings and not their faith, they actually cling to religion religion and abandon relationship. But man, I hope there's a couple of you tonight that are not living by your feelings, but you're living by your faith. And you're saying, no matter what, Lord, I make a covenant to be close to you. How many times have Christians treated God like a Coke machine? If I put in enough prayer, I'll get what I want. If I put in enough fasting, I'll get what I want. We don't fast for stuff. We fast because we love. We give because we love. We pray because we love. We come to church because we love God. That's the foundation of all this. It's love. It's not based on performance. Listen, you can't do anything for God to love you more than he already does. He loves you so much. That's to turn you into a transformation. How many times do we, feel we treat God like a Coke machine? Listen, this may be confusing, but I want you to catch it. Catch the heart of it. God does not want to be a part of your life. He wants lordship over your life. What's lordship? He wants to take over everything. Can I tell you this? God is too big to be just a part of your life. You want, you want, you want, you want your job to be the center of your life, your girlfriend to be the center of your life, your car to be the center of your life, and give God slot number four. That's not how it works. God needs to be lord of all or lord of nothing. We give him a slot. We give him a hat. We got a priority list all, all jacked up. God says, no, 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 I'm too big to be confined into a box. I'm too big to be confined to Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings. Christianity isn't about one day a week. It's a life living in the love of Jesus. I went through the Bible. Listen to me. Listen to me. I went through a Bible where the story ended like the Avengers did. Why? Why did I do that? Why, why does God give us scenarios where things don't go so right? Because he, he says, listen, although things don't go right, I'm still God. I'm still your Lord. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Samuel. Come on, all together. 1 Samuel chapter 7. I'm sorry, chapter 4. Man, if you don't have a Bible, I want you to lean into the person next to you. If you have a Bible, open it up. It's in the New Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 4. I'll give you time to find it. If you don't have it, it's not going to be on the screens. It's not going to be on the screens. That's chapter 7. But come on, if you could just turn to your Bibles. If it's on your phone, pull up your phone. I want you to lean into the person next to you. We're going to read the book, the, the Word of God tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 4. The title of this passage is The Philistines Capture the Ark. If you got to say amen. 1 Samuel chapter 4. Let me give you some context. Eyes on me for just a moment. This is, they're about to go into war. God's people, the Israelites, right? The, the people that God has promises over. He's worked for them before and he'll do it again, right? That, that's the people he, he has promises over. The people of Israel, they're about to go into war with the Philistines. They're about to go to combat. I mean, like, imagine with me, 
jump with me. Let's jump into the movie, right? There's a scene. You see a, a large field, right? And in between the field is like this, this, this little plateau, right? And it's just flat land. And on the other side, you have the other army, right? The, the God's people. So it's the Israelites, and you have this huge plain, and then you have the Philistines on this side, right? So you got the, Philist, the Philistines, they're, they're putting on, you know, the, the bowling balls with the spikes, you know what I'm saying? Everybody seen movies, right? They're getting their, their, their gear ready and their swords ready, and they're getting ready for battle. And then you got the, the, the people of God, the Israelites, right? I imagine them in, like, white clothing, right? Like, white suits and, like, nice shiny armor, right? The people of God look beautiful, amen? Anybody look beautiful? Anybody love Jesus and look beautiful? Okay. Just checking. People of God looking nice and pretty, looking shiny, right? They're about to go into battle. I imagine the Israelites gather up, like, yo, these suckers ain't got nothing on us. We're rocking with God. Come on. The almighty God. You got the Philistines on one other and I mean, that God of theirs, we're going to kill them. We're going to destroy them. We're going to beat them. Yeah, 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 right? And they're getting ready. And all of a sudden, you hear the horn. Bah, 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 and you just see one, one army just run. Ah, rather run away. They run over the field, and they divide the meat, and the Philistines are like, ah, right? They're running, they're running. And there's this awesome moment, right, where they're just clashing. Like, the first row automatically dies, right? Like, the, I'm never in the front if you're in an arm. I'm always in the back with the bow and arrow, right? Just, <laughs> Let everybody else die. And that's where we pick it up. First Samuel chapter 4. Let's read. Come on, let's read. Now the Israelites, they went out to fight against the Philistines, right? <sighs> They're running. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Aphek. Verse 2. The Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel. And as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines. Wait a minute. Is that right? God's people lost? Wait a minute. Wait, Pastor. Wait, wait a minute. God's people lost. Let's keep reading. Oh, my God. Who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield? Day one? Day one of the war? They go back to their camps. 4,000 of God's people stay on the floor. 4,000. Philistines are high-fiving. God's people are like, are you real, God? Is this, is this your plan for us? I thought you were for us. Have you been there before in life? When you get the bad report? When you hear about the cancer? When you've been hurt by someone who loves Jesus? When you've been hurt by the church? When you've been hurt by a leader? When you get the report, when a family member gets hurt? And you're like, God, are you on my side? Are you on my side? Have you ever been broken before? You ever been hurt to like the bottom? And no one really knows what it feels like. But you. I'm like, God, wait a minute. Wait, hold it, hold it. Pause, pause. Beep. Are you for me? Let's keep reading. Verse 3. When the soldiers returned to the camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today? Why did the Lord bring defeat? Let us bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. Pause right there. 
In the Old Testament, you see the Ark of the Covenant being mentioned a lot. It's a nice gold box with two seraphims, two angels on one side and one on the other, right? It represented the presence of God. And these people just took an L, right? And they're like, wait a minute. What if we just take the Ark of the Covenant and bring it into battle, right? What if, what if we just take God and we put him in the middle of it all? What if, what if we actually just jump back to what we know? Jump back to who God is, right? Oh, my goodness. Let us bring, what a great idea. Let us bring the ark of the Lord. We're still on verse 3. From Shiloh, so that he may go with us and save us from our enemies. So the people sent men to Shiloh. Guys, I'm going to take my time tonight. Is that cool? I'm going to take my time tonight. The people, verse 4, so the people sent men to Shiloh, and they brought back the ark of the covenant of the Lord Almighty, who was enthroned between the cherubims, the angels, right? And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, Phinehas and Ferb, were there with the Ark of the Covenant. I had to. I had to. Verse 5. Stay with me. When the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, oh my God, when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into their camp, look what happens. This is amazing. All of Israel raised such a great shout that the ground began to shake. Verse 6, hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp, they said. Oh, no. Nothing like this ever happened before. We're doomed. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians, right? When God did it once, you know he'll do it again. You better be ready for it. They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Verse 9, they heard about God. Be strong. So someone stands up, right? Someone's in the Philistine army, and they're like, these dweebs, be strong. Why are you so afraid of a God in a box? Why are you so shook? This dude's name is Alexander. I'm trying to give you a picture. Alexander. He stands there, he goes, why? Be strong. Let's keep reading. Be strong. Verse 9, be strong, Philistines. Be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. Day two. So, 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 so stay with me, stay with me. As a, so day two, right? You got God's people literally shaking the ground with their faith and their worship with the Ark of the Covenant. Don't get too excited. You have the Philistines on this side. Like, man, we did it. We'll beat them again. Be men, right? That's where we pick up the verse. That's where we pick up the verse. Right there, verse 10. So the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated. And that, this is the Bible. And every man fled to us. They ran, they ran back to the tents. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. Wait a minute. Wait, pa Pastor, wait. Hold up. Time out. So God's people took an L. They brought the Ark of the Covenant, which was a holy piece. It was a holy uh, object. They, they brought it to the battlefield, and they lost. A, a yes, that's what the Bible says. 30,000. First night, 4,000 died. Second day, 30,000. You thought, you thought this was going a different way. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The Ark of the Covenant was captured. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, the dudes that brought the Ark of the Covenant, they died. Stop reading. You're looking at me. 
like I looked at that family after the movie. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This can't be it. It has to get better. Can I tell you it gets worse? If you keep reading this chapter, you know what you'll learn? One of the sons, Phineas, he has a wife. She's pregnant. She's not even due yet. She hears of the news that her husband died and that her brother-in-law died. She immediately went into premature labor. Gave birth to a kid. Died while giving birth. Can I tell you this? You know what they named the son? Where am I? They named the son Ichabod. The definition of his name is this. The glory has departed from Israel. Their dad, Eli, that's the, that, you know, the two sons that went and got the covenant, their dad, he hears the news that they lost. He hears the news that his two sons died. He falls over his chair and his, na- his neck snaps. He dies too. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I put my coins into the machine and I didn't get my Coke. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been to church for two months and my bank isn't high yet. Wait a minute, I, I've, been, I've been doing this thing and I haven't seen results. I haven't seen this God you talk about. I haven't seen him work. I haven't, listen, stop trying to use God and see him as just worthy. Can I tell you the truth about the people of Israel? Can I tell you the truth about the people of Israel? They worshiped God, right? And they also worshiped some other gods. You know what a theologian said? A theologian, the the word theologian, someone who studies the Bible, theology is the root word of that. Theology, the study of God, right? Amazing. Study of God, theology. Theologians, people who study the Bible, you know what they said about those two dudes bringing the Ark of the Covenant? Can I read it to you? It says, Joshua set up the sacred tent, which was God's house in Shiloh, right, where they got the Ark. From that time, it seems that the Ark remained in its holy room. Leave it. During Israel's many battles with foreign armies in the book of Judges, there's no mention of the ark. Watch this. So it was bold and foolish. Somebody say bold and foolish. It was bold and foolish for them to bring the ark into battle. After perhaps 400 years, they took the ark back into battle. The leaders who made that decision were not like Moses and Joshua, holy men. God did not guide those leaders to make that decision. And Israel's people were not even loyal to God. Israel's soldiers were not even humble in front of God. In fact, they shouted proudly when the ark entered their camp. In other words, this is his conclusion. Them bringing the ark into the battle, Israel made a decision based off feelings and not off of faith. My next point is this. Put it up. Israel used God. They used them like a Coke machine. They used them like a dog. Put them in a cage. And when they need help, come on, boy. Jump, boy. Come on, God. Give me what I want. Awesome. Go back into your cage. Go back into your cage. Moose, moose, right back. Oh, I need a blessing. Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on, God. You don't like that I'm treating like God like a dog? Listen, God doesn't like that either. Israel used God. Listen, they lived how they wanted. And in a moment of battle, they cried out to God and said, Lord, we need you right now. And God says, no, no, no. I don't work like that. I can't be just part of your life. I need to be Lord of your life. 
I need, I need to be Lord of everything. I mean, I, I really need you to love me this time. I really need you to fall in love with me. This is what God says. Listen, I don't want to bless your life. I want to change your life. Can you write that down? This will help you in a moment that you're asking for change for the circumstance. And God's like, no, I'm going to change you. You're asking for God to change the situation. Lord, can you lift this from me? Lord, can you take this from me? Paul says, Lord, I have, a, 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 I have something in my back, an itch. I got a thorn in my flesh. Lord, if you can remove it, if you can take it, if you can remove it from me, Lord, I worship you. It's for your glory, Lord. If you can do it, it's for your, have you ever prayed for something and it didn't happen? Listen, God doesn't just want to bless your life. He wants to change your life. Instead of getting religious, we need to get right with God. The Israelites are like, yo, let's just get the ark. No, 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 no. I'm not living off my feelings. I'm living off my faith. Oh, my gosh. God's not working. I think he's broken. No, no, no. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're missing something. Maybe you don't actually love him. Maybe you're just calling on him like a fairly God parent. It's time to change the page. It's time to turn around. It's time for people to raise up as authentic people that love Jesus like never before. And they put this up. The next point, come on, in the good and in the bad, I decide to love you and serve you. Not off religion, but off relationship. God in the good and in the bad. I make a commitment, I make a covenant, Lord, to love you and to serve you no matter the season, no matter the issue, no matter the problem. And the good and the bad, God's like, you're saying, God changed my situation. He's like, no, I'm going to change you. I'm going to allow this to happen to reveal that your relationship with me is only counterfeit. Your relationship with me is only based off the season. Your relationship is always if you feel good, only if you want something. God's like, listen, the only thing you should want is not what comes out of me. It's not what I give to you, but it's actually who I am. It's actually who I am and how I love you. Turn the page to chapter 7. This is 1 Samuel chapter 7. You guys still got your Bibles? 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 2. Maybe it's on your Bible app. Maybe you have a paper Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Chapter 7, sorry, verse 2. This is wild. The ark remained at Kiriath, Jerim, a long time. How long? The Philistines had the ark of the covenant for 20 years. They had the ark of the covenant. Israel's most prized possession. They kept it. And then God raises up a man named Samuel. Listen, in, in the worst moments, I believe God wants to raise some people of faith up. When people are walking in religion, God will raise up somebody to remind you about relationship. When you're working, God, like a box, God says, no, 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 I'm going to send someone to break you out the box. And God raises up Samuel. You know what Samuel says? It's on the screens. Verse 3. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, somebody say, if, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, somebody say, if. Listen, your breakthrough is up to you. Your life is up to you. When you die, your eternity, heaven, hell, that's not up to God. That's up to you. You either choose him or you don't. You either want him or you don't. You either for him or you're not. You're either living an authentic life with him or you're kind of just this counterfeit person. You got to make that choice. And the man of God says, listen, if, if, somebody say if, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks 
and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites, watch this, then they put away their balls and their asterisks and serve the Lord only. Listen to me, listen to me. Baal was a god in that time. Listen to me. The people of Israel loved God but served other gods. The people of Israel had a commitment to God and had a commitment to other things. Can I tell you what Baal, that God was back in the day? Baal, you know what it was? He was a crop God. In other words, he was the God of success. Can I tell you that what will battle you the most in your relationship with God, the enemy is going to throw you success. He's going to say, come after the money. Come after the money. And isn't it funny that in every home that worshiped God, there was an idol built of success, of the crop God. Can I tell you, a rich man, God blesses you when you submit yourself to him. Those of us who seek after money for the wrong reasons, for selfish reasons, you'll be humbled. And they had, and I'm glad, you know, that God isn't a God today, right? People don't seek after money more than God. Can I tell you, every, every single Tuesday night, you have, a, you have an opportunity to stop worshiping this God and worship the real God. When we, when we say generosity, this is your opportunity to lay down your gods and to worship the real God. We got buckets going around. These aren't just buckets. This is your opportunity to worship God and not worship anything else. We have a square in the back. You can pay electronically. I'm not promoting ways to give. Shameless plug. What I'm telling you is, is that the, isn't, it a, isn't it a coincidence that the people of God had an issue with worshiping the God of success? That was the first God bothered. You know, it was the second asterisk. What's asterisk? That was the fertility God. In other words, that was the God of sexuality. Ooh. I hope that's not a problem today. God of success and the God of sex. God's The enemy goes up to God's children and presents them these things. The God of sex and the God of success. Lowercase g's. They're not real God. They're not, they, they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have a mouth, but they do not speak. These are empty wells. These are empty things that you seek after, you seek after, and you will end up dead. Here's a question tonight I want you to answer. Do you want God to bless your life or do you want God to change your life? Ooh, do you want religion or do you want relationship? Do you want God as he comes or do you want him when you need him? My title tonight, listen, God invites you into more. God invites you into more. Listen to me. There's more to God than just blessings. Some of you guys need to graduate. You only worship God really when you get a blessing. You got to graduate and worship him because he's good. Worship him because he loves you. If he never did anything else good in my life because of what he did on the cross of Calvary, I have every reason and every right for every day of my life to stand up and to say, God, I love you and I worship you and I serve you no matter the season. And I'm waiting, and I'm praying, and I'm believing for my blessing. But, Lord, you are the ultimate blessing in my life, Lord. If it comes or if it doesn't, I love you. If I'm changed, if I'm not, I love you. Lord, if the situation is moving or it's not, I love you no matter what. And God invites you into more.
Is it possible that you can be in the worst moment of your life and still have joy and still have peace and still have a sound mind and still have a clear conscience? Yes, there is an opportunity for you. And God invites you into more. He says, don't run back to religion. Don't run back on your feelings. Run to me with love. The heart of relationships. See, God invites you into more. And this is how we jump into more. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14. This is how we jump into more. This is how we do it. It says, if my people, here goes if. Somebody say if. It's all up to you. It's all in your hands. It's up to you if you're going to come here every single week. It's up to you if you're going to say yes to Jesus tonight. It's up to you if you're going to be a person that says, Lord, I'm not going to run off my feelings. I'm going to run off my faith in you. And I almost tripped. Somebody say if. If my people who are called by my name will humble. Notice the theologian said the first thing wrong with the Israelites is that they weren't humble. Humility will literally stop you from receiving God. Not having humility, sorry. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will hear their land. How do I? Grab the invitation of God that's moving in me into more. Number one, you need to humble yourself. Uh, how, do, how do I do it, God? Humble yourself. Can I tell you, you'll find fulfillment in your life when you start serving other people. You'll find fulfillment in your life when you take your eyes off of yourself for two days and focus on other people. I promise you'll go to sleep a bit more happy. You'll go to sleep a bit more joyful because God is using you not for yourself but for other people. The first step is humbling yourself. Humility is the key. you got to humble yourself and submit. Some of you guys, you haven't said yes to Jesus because you're too prideful. You haven't been a worshiper like you should because you're too prideful. Man, I don't want to look stupid, man. I don't want to look dumb, man. I'm just going to give God the worship frisbees. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to hit a little two-step. No, 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 no. God doesn't want you to be fake. He wants you to be real. He wants the real thing. He wants the, oh, the overwhelming. I can't sing, but I'm going to give it to God anyways because I'm humble. I don't care how I look. I don't care how I sound. My makeup is running. I'm sweaty. I look stupid to you, but God sees my worship. God sees my heart. Man, humility will push you so far. Woo, some of y'all need humility, man. Start tweeting with humility. Start posting with humility. Start praying with humility. Start worshiping with God. I'm nothing without you. I am just dirt with grace. I am just clay with your breath. I'm nothing. My people will humble themselves. Number two, and then pray and seek. Somebody say pray and seek. More prayer, more seeking. Can I tell you? the word of God for you tonight you need to you need to pray more you need to be a, a better prayer warrior can I tell you can I tell you God's calling you to a life of prayer not just when you need something but talking to him like you love him talking to him like you need him listen stop giving God the old thou art dear Lord my God Jesus Holy Spirit Lord God stop giving him all the hocus pocus stuff be real God today sucked God I sucked today I failed I messed up but Lord would you forgive me Lord would you come into this car I'm driving to work and I'm feeling depressed but Lord would you bless me right here right now Lord would your presence seep into this look 
come on, we need more people. I heard someone say this once. I don't pray for more than 30 minutes, but I don't go three minutes without praying. I come on, I don't go three minutes. I'm always in prayer, always in tune, always on point. I'm always talking to God. I'm at work flipping, you know, flipping sandwiches. Lord, you're in this room right now. Lord, you're working. I pray you bless these sandwiches as I cook them up. Lord, every single person that eats this sandwich, may you bring healing. You may be working at a call center, and every conversation, you end with this. God loves you. Jesus loves you no matter what. You may be working in your job. You may be in your house depressed. You may be hurt. You may be broken. You got to know how to tap in to prayer. Don't just pray, but seek God. This is the book of Matthew. Go into your room, shut the door, and seek God. He sees you in those moments. I have a triple dog there for you tonight. Listen, this is for the real ones. This is for the ones that since they walked in, their hearts been bumping the whole night. This is for some of you guests. You want to try God? Tonight, go home. Lock the door. Put some worship music on. Get on your knees and say, God, I want an encounter. God, I want to meet you. God, right here, right now. I want to seek after your face. Come on, any real ones in the house tonight? I'm going to seek after you. I love the Bible. He's drawing to me and I'll draw unto you. That's God's promise. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Humble yourself, pray and seek. I love the last part of this. And turn from your wicked ways. Turn. Somebody say turn. From your wicked ways. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. He doesn't say resist the devil and be defeated. He says resist the devil and he will flee. Some of you guys, you have faith, but you need to work on your resistance. You're giving in too quick. You're giving in too quick. You got to hang on just a little longer. You got to say no just a little longer. You got to put it to the side just a little longer. You got to repent. You got to repent. Repent is a church word for turn. I was walking one way. And I stopped, and I gathered myself, and I'm walking this way. I was walking in sin. I was walking in my feelings. But after a Tuesday night at New Birth in a small venue with too much smoke and dirt on my sneakers because there's no cement outside, right, right, I walked into this room and I made a decision that I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop myself in my tracks. If I keep on going, I'm going to walk straight to death. If I keep on going, I'm going to walk straight to addiction. If I keep on going, I'm going to just hurt myself and hurt other people. If I keep going in my tracks, I'm just going to be spending more money on things that don't matter, on things that won't sustain me. I'm going to keep walking literally in my own will. I'm going to lead my own self. But after tonight, I'm going to stop right here in my steps. No longer walking there's a cliff that I didn't see that if I kept going I would have died but I made a decision to repent to turn and say Lord I'm walking towards you I'm moving into more because I love you